Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television show. Fargo Talks Fargo is hosted by me, Bill Lempe, and my buddy Sharpie. Sponsors for this season of Fargo Talks Fargo are TAG, celebrating Fargo and the Midwest community through t-shirts, art, and graphics. For more information, visit tagfargo.com. And Fargo Brewing Company's Wood Chipper India Pale Ale with its bold hop flavor and velvety body. Grab a pint or visit them online at fargobrewing.com. There we are. That was our last clap. That's how we line up the episodes sometimes because Sharpie and I are in different places. Thanks to Jeff Russo giving us a little chat about making sure we clap at the right time. Only took us 10, 10 episodes of Fargo, 24 episodes of Fargo Talks Fargo to get that right. We finally got it. Episode 10, Sharpie, Morton's Fork, one hour and 30 minutes of FX television delight. Yeah, what a fun trip it's been. Yeah, I think it's been fun. I mean, we 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 talked a little bit right before we started recording about how much we wanted to talk and how long this episode would be. We're not going to make this, oh, you never know, every time we say it's going to be quick, it ends up being like an hour and 40 minutes, whatever. Yeah, so it's going to be really long. This is going to be two hours long. No, <laughs> it won't be because, you know, here's the deal. It's the finale. Things are up. You know, we're not going to get too deep into like, well, what do you think this meant? Or, you know, I think uh, we want to leave that on your palate a little bit because I think there's a lot of things uh, you can decide on your own. I mean, Morton's Fork in in general is a, it's really a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing, Morton's Fork. That's right. But we did get Pepper and Budge coming back to the, uh, the fox, the rabbit, and the cabbage. A rabbit, a fox, and a cabbage. A cabbage, a fox. A turducken. Yeah. So what we're kind of going to do is probably just kind of step through the episode, give our takes on uh, what we thought of uh, each little item, maybe pick out some little interesting things, and then off on our merry way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the show was 10 episodes. Um, I'm glad that it wasn't longer, to be honest, because... If this turned into some, you know, like network style, you know, 18 to 23 episode show, I think I would have got just kind of uh, exhausted as a viewer with all the, basically all the shit that Lester gets himself into. You know, it would have been like watching a Ben Stiller movie, just like constant <laughs> shit after shit after shit to the point where it's just like, okay, how could, how could he possibly keep doing You cannot be this, this magnanimous bad. of a fuck up. Yeah, right. I mean, just by luck, you have to get some things, like more things right, you know. Mm-hmm. And Lester does get some things right, but absolutely. I mean, of- he he gets it out there. His his uh, like what he's obviously seeking to get out of this whole thing, which is completely and totally selfish. Right after he tells his wife to put your hood up, the guy's officially like full blown to the tilt cockbag. And maybe it's selfish for good reason, you know. For the first time, he's thinking about himself. Uh, you know, his whole his whole life, he's just been like beat down and and kind of doing things for other people. So now he's finally getting a sense of what it what it feels like to do stuff for yourself. You sound crazy when you say that because you make it sound like he's been beat down. Like remember that time people murdered all his friends around him, and he just couldn't get his just desserts. And now you know now it's his turn no, to murder people I'm, to get his own way because he's a selfish cockbag. I'm talking about <laughs> the entirety of his life, not the past three weeks. Mm-mm. You know, so okay, he's always been doing things you know, without himself in mind and and going to work and trying to put food on the table and stuff like that. Yeah. But Lester's got this plan, though, 
in the in episode ten here that he's he's just gonna pop over to lose, sit down, order himself two grilled cheese sandwiches, two uh two ginger ales which come with no ice at lose. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that at lose coffee shop. Um, as they are he's out. trying to create his own alibi, but it didn't it didn't work because he's. Uh, an idiot, and he left the plane tickets in the pocket. Not to mention, he calls from the payphone outside. And I, I mean, I know this is Bemidji, and it's the old days, but really, you don't think they can pull the <laughs> the records from the phone and then be like, "Oh, we better dust that for Prince." <laughs> I mean, come on, any Law and Order fan could tell you that's how you get to the bottom of a case. In two thousand six, too, that might have been one of the last payphones, or maybe they got quite a few of them over there in Bemidji. Yeah. You can find them every once in a while. We I was at a wedding a couple of years ago, and we we stopped at a gas station, and we saw a payphone. And I'm not kidding. There was a bunch of us piled into one car because we had a designated driver, and we we all got out and took pictures with the payphone. <laughs> it was that big of a deal. <laughs> I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Well, to us, like, it just it's like you don't see them. You don't see them that often. Um, Molly gets the call. She goes down. She's like, "The other one got murdered." Did you? What did you think of the? Uh, I like the nice touch of the ending of this season that Fargo was not in its usual red. It was black. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I mean, I, I didn't really, I wasn't like blown away by it. Like, oh, that it's black now. But no, I do think I mean, it was either. like you say, like a nice touch. I did, that's what I mean. I just, Something I different. just like the simple touch it's of it. This is like, hey, prep yourself. This is it. Uh, we are just you, headed to darkness. Yeah. I don't know if I bought any of Lester's. Uh, I I'm sorry, but I, like, okay, Bill Oswald's a screw up, but like, oh, just go ahead and crawl over your dead wife's body, say goodbye one last time. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, what do you say to somebody in that situation? You don't want to be the jerk that prevents him from one last from messing you know. up a crime scene. It's not a crime scene, man. It's his wife. He's not thinking of it as a crime scene. Well, I'm talking about a, a normal person. The only the only person at that crime scene who doesn't think it's him somehow or related to him is Bill Oswald. But we got a lot of Lauren lurking around. He obviously knows shit's up. Budge and Pepper are hanging out. Lester's in the interview room having all sorts of flashbacks. I don't know. I'm just What did you think of the very beginning of the episode when it started with the snowmobile tracks i i don't know did you try to did, did you try to lead that into anything before you saw it what, say that what do you what do you mean lead me here like, lead me away um, were you speculating in any way as to what the what that might mean or what that might be leading to cuz we see the tracks we see a hole in the ice yeah i mean i I had I had a pretty strong hunch uh it was Lester. You think he's going down that hole? Yeah, I do. I uh, I do just cuz um Lauren's character just this season doesn't really lend itself very well to oops I fell in a hole after I was on a snowmobile and it also doesn't suit Lauren <laughs> as a, a vehicle of choice in a getaway. Sure. Lester would run, Lauren would stand his ground, so to speak. As we learn, he sort of sat his ground <laughs> in the end. Just kind of, bloop, 
boom. Um, there there was a fair amount of just you know I I don't I I saw I saw a quote uh, that I gotta find here real quick, but I mean I know uh, Noah Holly was on, and I'm just this is this is gonna be my comment on the overall show, and I think we touched on it last night in the hot dish, but. Noah Hawley was quoted in, uh, in an NPR interview the other day as saying, real life doesn't unfold like a story and things happen that don't fit neatly into a box. And I'm okay with the way things ended. I'm okay that we didn't find anything out about Wrench. Uh, I, don't, I didn't need Stavros to come back. But evidently, according to an interview on um, Vulture, there was scenes that he came back. They just cut it. Oh, it didn't really? Lend, it didn't lend itself to the story at all. And so he just said, screw it, cut it. It didn't move the story at all. And I, I like hearing, uh, I like hearing things about that, yeah. about move, moving the story along, like how you just, you can't fit everything in and, and they're telling a, a 10 minute, you know, st- 10 minute, 10 hour story. And that's okay to not get everything in because that's just, everything doesn't work that way. And every storyteller, you know, like filmmakers and, and. Uh, writers and stuff like that they're always cutting out chunks uh, yeah and that's like gotta be just brutal because those are your babies and and you want them to come back maybe somewhere down the road but chances are unlikely <laughs> yeah i i did see a, a great thing in that in that same uh that same article where they asked him about that uh tr- long tracking shot in in episode seven at the fargo crime syndicate and there were a lot of okay. people that were like, eh, it was a budget thing. It was this. And the, the uh, people at Vulture, um, uh, Denise Martin, who interviewed Noah, just flat out said, so was this budgetary or is that how you wrote it? And uh, Noah said, not, it, was, it was in the script. He wrote a full outline mm. of it and turned it into the network with a diagram attached of how he was going to do it. So it wasn't uh, a budgetary thing. It wasn't cheap. That's exactly how he wanted it. I mean, that is interesting because that was kind of my thinking behind it as well, to be honest, is I thought it was like a budgetary thing. No, not at all. And he said while they were watching it, um, that was right when uh, True Detective aired that one six-minute, uh, they had like a long six-minute tracking shot that was pretty awesome. And he's like, hey, look, it works. Let's do it. Hmm. Anyway, that's the things I'm going to be most excited about is slowly like rewatching this, rethinking a lot of what we talked about. We never did get around to because we're recording a little earlier tonight than usual. Uh, but it'll be it'll be fun for us to go back and check who's right, who's wrong. Uh, we do know, um, we know a bit. We know what's going on, but we don't know exactly what you know is completely in uh, Noah's mind. But a uh, hat tip still to James Garcia who wrote that article we mentioned about Gus the dog catcher yep. getting Lauren in the end. So I'm tipping my hat that I'm not wearing right now to James. Nice work. So we are, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we have to go, we don't have to like break this whole thing down unless if somebody's mad about it, please tell us that we suck and we should do it. But did you notice the <laughs> taxidermy wolf on Lauren's mantle? What? Like in Lauren's cabin, there was a... When we get to that first thing where he, they show us where he is? Yep. I'm pretty really? sure it was. I was watching it on a pretty small screen this time. Pretty, It's pretty dark, okay? I'm just I'm bumping around here while we're doing it. Is that a wolf? No. Well, maybe it is. I felt like that was his house. 
in a weird way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There was like no dead body out back. It was kind of interesting. I mean, it did look like it would be his lair. You know, yeah. it wasn't just sort of a... It didn't seem like something he just kind of smashed a glass and, and walked into and made his home yeah. like everything well, else. He's way smoother than smashing glass. He's stealing stuff out of glove boxes. He's impersonating and shutting down FBI investigations and backup and lose on the front porch with a gun. And <laughs> that Greta, Greta's out there going to shoot his eye out. That's definitely a wolf. Okay. Uh, there, there's been quite a bit of talk about uh, the the wolf appearing quite a few times in the show, and that if you go, if you do go back, and I've gone back and checked it out, I mean, this whole if you look, there's just a lot of green landscape. We, you and I, have pointed out that there's a lot of trees and stuff, and I, I think what's happened in, in this episode, particularly too, is that not only has Gus, with the help of Molly, figured out the riddle of the shades of green thing. I think I think uh, Gus became a predator himself for a little while. I mean, he stalked it. He figured it out. He stalked yeah, he him. did. He camped out. He basically turned that house into a giant deer stand and waited for his <laughs> his chance. <laughs> is this your, you know, your only... last clutch onto the fact that Lauren Malvo is a deer? No. Well, maybe he became the deer, yeah, and he got taken down by a new wolf. New wolf in town. Grimly. Yeah. Grimly has a, a new nice... definition. I thought there was a lot of nice ties um, to the beginning, the first episode and to the last episode uh, with Lester, you know, meeting his demise uh, in Montana, uh, running, you know, running off into the distance the same way uh, the guy in the, the panties guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, I mean, because they both viably froze to death, one in the air, one in the water. And I think I said this last night that, uh, Wearing that coat and everything and being in the water, it's the fish poster all over again for me. Yeah, definitely. Nice. A lot, a lot of really nice he touches in the really I mean, it's bright not colored perfect. jackets. Yeah. So what else, what else what else was like what else really kind of moved you? Did you notice too that like there was a lot of tree art in um, Lester's house too? Like everywhere. It's like not no, only do we live around the trees. Why didn't I pay attention to the art this time? You're really up and up on your art. A little, a little <laughs> bit of the art. I mean, there's there's a scene uh, when he first gets brought home by Budge and Pepper, and he walks by, and there's a there's a a piece of art in his house that's you know got trees on it. It's just everything. It's like, yeah, it's like we live in nature, and we're gonna bring it inside too. Do you think that we'll ever? I think it would be cool for FX to release Lauren Malvo's tapes. <laughs> did you see uh, the prop master was on one of the tapes again? Oh yeah, I did see that. I, was, <laughs> I didn't even put it the... together. I was like, "What? Whose name was that again?" Yeah, it's the uh, yeah. Greg Oak. 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 I would imagine that's yeah. I also thought. Uh, did you did you watch Colin Hanks tweets last night? No, I didn't. I was. I turned my Twitter notifications completely off. He. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you're an hour yeah. behind. Uh, he. But, but Colin's really good about uh, not, he even, I retweeted it saying, okay, don't spoil it for other people because there's plenty of time zones here and et cetera, et cetera. And he he did mention though that when he went into that cabin, that scene of him going into the cabin, he said that that was like the last thing they shot. Oh, really? And he said that while they were shooting that scene, he said something to the effect of that they right there changed a bunch of stuff. And it makes me then go, okay, wait. Like what? 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they changed the way he shot him, or did they change the fact that maybe Lauren was going to shoot Gus? I'm like, now I'm like all jacked up. I'm like, got to get one of those guys on the line. I want to know alternate endings. Mm. There were there were a lot of pictures of like really old pictures of people in uh, Lauren's cabin. Like we're talking old school, like silver gelatin plate kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he did knock off a ninety-five year old couple or something. Took over. Yeah, the cabin. somebody's old hunting hunting yeah. shack. Hmm. I love that Lauren went and stole that book out of the FBI car just to sort of get the lingo down. Well, not only to get the lingo down, but to uh, shut it down. Yeah. Get that shit on. You better lock that shit down, Grimley. <laughs> Lauren's locking that shit down. That was that was a pretty cool move. Another sort of uh, ode to Lauren Malvo's character and how he kind of just takes little extra steps to do stuff like that and, and sound more legitimate in the roles that he takes on. Yeah. Also, I... That scene, I still think that scene with um, <clears throat> Bill Oswalt and Molly was pretty fantastic, but just just how he doesn't have the stomach for it. Mm-hmm. He just wants his omelet. He just wants... <laughs> to, I mean, he's got to hear at home, his lost boy. His idea of a police officer is more of like a community service officer. Yeah, somebody who like helps you get cats out yeah. of trees and um, investigates missing garden <laughs> gnomes. Uh, he's he wants to be the guy who comes by your house when your neighbor rats you out for not shoveling, because mm-hmm. that happens. And give here. the neighbor just a nice little talking to, maybe have a coffee yeah, like, well, or you know. it. Or... Mm-hmm. Do things real nicely, you I, know. Yeah, I I said this. I can't. Now I'm forgetting if I said this last night while we were chatting around the hot dish. But when that <laughs> when Gus leads, we've just totally derailed chronologically. But that's okay. Everybody's seen the show. When they go to open up that case, I just kept waiting for the Marcellus Wallace glow. <laughs> I I do that every time now when there's a briefcase in some sort of movie or show. People people so, open it up. Uh, Does he look like a bitch? I. I like the also. I, th- I just thought there was a ton of little nods back to the first episode that were great. Uh, the librarian and his wife sitting mm. in the diner. Turns out he's also not a librarian anymore. He's a he's a car dealer at the Double uh, L mm-hmm. Motors or whatever it was. And nice little tie back to the movie as you brought up the dealer plates. Yeah, DLR. Yeah. So. They're interrogating, or I guess interrogating for lack of a better word, uh, Lester. Yeah. And showing him the pictures of Lorne and whatnot. And Molly goes off on this little um, story about a guy who drops his glove on a train platform. Yep. And instead of going back to get the glove or trying to jump off the train to get the glove, he throws the other one on the platform so that when somebody finds the first, they'll at least be able to hopefully have the pair. I know if I found any mittens on the ground of a subway, I'd be like, gross. And I'd just, leave, <laughs> I'd just fucking leave them. <laughs> now I'm going to think about that. I'm Man, that poor bastard. Like, who to- would pick up a pair of mittens <laughs> found in a subway? And be like, I can't wait to wear these. 
I mean, that's like... See, you're picturing a subway. I'm thinking of like an old-fashioned like steam engine, and he's like, ah, she lost my glove there. <laughs> I threw the other one out the window so they could have a warm pair of gloves for their hands. It's the right thing, exactly. to, the right thing to do, Kitty O'Day. Detective. <laughs> We've solved Maybe. the crime. <laughs> the there was not one glove, but two. <laughs> and that, that I tell you, what the hell just happened to us? <laughs> we talk. <laughs> Maybe our next podcast should be on uh, Detective Kitty O'Day. This, you know what? You know the real thing is this is what happens. See when we do this. We're I'm drinking sparkling water with ice. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking plain old flat water. God, this sucks. <laughs> hey, speaking of, you know what doesn't suck? Um, pizza. Fargo Brewing. <laughs> Wood chipper, India Pale Ale. We can't thank them enough. This is this is wrapping up their sponsorship of our show, and yep. they helped us get this far so that we could come out here and reach you guys and help us defray the cost of putting this on because we're totally getting rich doing this show. It's huge. I just ordered my Lotus uh, today, but here's the deal: if you if you're in the area and you can get to our tap room at Fargo Brewing in Fargo, North Dakota, you got to go in there. And you got to use a passcode, and you can get a dollar off a beer for the next week. You don't have to use a passcode, but that'll get you the deal. Yeah, what happens? <laughs> you can just walk into the, the the tap room. Oh no, you can get in. You just to get a dollar off, you gotta you gotta use the yeah. password. And we have a new password every week. Well, this is the last password. Yep, this is it. And the password this week is what Sharpie? Deal or no deal. Boom. Get in there. Get yourself a dollar off a pint of beer. And not only that, we've mentioned this before, but it really works. I, I ran into a guy who was in there, and he, he did it, and he's like, wait, so I can get it? Like, it's already a dollar off at happy hour. And it's like, uh-huh, dollar off at happy hour. Plus, you say deal or no deal, you got yourself $2 off a beer. Now you got yourself a $3 pint of Fargo Brewing craft beer. Three That's bucks right. for 16 ounces of, like, pure deliciousness. And it's just fun to go to a brewery and be like, I'll take a wood chipper IPA, please. Deal or no deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like it. So get over so, there and do that. Yeah. Thanks to Fargo Brewing Company for supporting us. Um, their wood chipper IPA. Check it out. Um, if you don't get it in your area, request it from your local liquor store or bartender or whatever. And they'll tell their reps. And that's how things get started. Yeah. And we, for real, I mean, um, Chris and John and Aaron and Jared, um, they got behind our idea when I walked into their their brewery one day and Sharpie had recommended it and thought that the wood chipper was such a great fit. And they they jumped on board. They were, they were happy to do it and we're happy to help them. And so if you're anywhere in Minnesota, you need to be asking for this. You got to get mm-hmm. Fargo Brewing on tap. Anywhere, really. Because good stuff. Yeah. Let's get the word out. Um, they also have a really awesome Iron Horse Pale Ale that's out now, and so uh, I know that's uh, available in cans. So, I, although Iron Horse isn't really the beer of the show, I really like it. So check that out as well. Um, Fargo Brewing, you can check them out at FargoBrewing.com. Follow them on Twitter at Fargo Brewing and on Facebook, Facebook.com/FargoBrewing. Thank so, you guys. Thank you. So speaking of speaking speaking of Fargo Brewing and mittens. Sharpie helped them not use a mitten for their logo. If you like the mitten, I'm sorry. Don't be smitten with the mitten. The mitten. 
Uh, the mitten was charming. What do it you make? Its... Go ahead. Yeah, it just it had its you know purpose. Yeah, it did. What do you make of uh, well, Pepper and Budge having let's the, talk the about cabbage the... conversation? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? You tell me. Tell me something. Let's talk about the story. Oh, you want to talk about the mitten? Yeah. Okay. Teach Not me. the Fargo Brewing mitten. All right. Tell me the real mitten story. What do you make of the mitten? Well, my initial thought, um, my initial thought was that Lester is the other glove. So they're using Lester. So they've they've got Malvo out there. Malvo's sitting out there. He's the glove on the platform because he's kept, he slipped through their fingers numerous times. Mm-hmm. Okay, just like the glove slipped off the guy's hands. So Lauren Malvo's the other glove. Lester's the glove that we have in our possession. Let's throw that out there. See what happens and and see if we can bring both of them together. And no, oh, I like and, that. And let them meet their well. Isn't that destiny? Nice. <laughs> There's a lot of pairs. You had going. no thoughts on the story. No, I didn't. I I think you just nailed it. So I'm not gonna. Yeah, add I think to you're that. right. We'll just end it right there. Boom. Thank you for listening to Fargo Talks Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there. You know, there's a lot of pairs in this show. If you think about it, two dead wives, two sets of cops. Two kind of anti-hero villains. Uh, you know, I mean, the twos kind of go on and on through the show. Everything's in pairs. Stavros and the fire hydrant. Yeah, everybody's kind of a... But I mean, there's like a lot of... Yeah, they play off each other. So you got Gus and Molly. Bill's kind of only a halfsy. Lauren and Lester. Pepper and Budge. Trending, and there's two murders. Lots of things Bill and his omelets. Bill and his omelets. Yeah, well, that's, you know, uh, there was some talk about the eggs thing is a, is a big throwback to the original movie. Because in the movie, mm. uh, Marge's husband, uh, what's his face, uh, gets the three cent stamp, makes him eggs, and uh, Bob Odenkirk, who's the chief, wife, makes him an omelet. Eggs. Mm. Just yet one more tie back. All right. I also, hey, I also, I also got an Easter egg I didn't catch. Um, Do you remember when uh, the the guy from the garage in the original movie? Don't remember his name. He's in uh, that that Carl was working with, and he goes over there and like kind of like pseudo, yeah, pseudo threat. Shep, right? Was it Shep? Shep? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Shep. He like threatens. And uh, do you remember how Shep almost killed Carl? Yeah, in the hotel room? Yeah, with a belt. Oh, yeah. Same, and then uh, what's-his-face? Malvo sneaks up on the off-duty cop in the bathroom, rocks him with a belt. Hmm. Another nice little Easter egg. Okay, I could I could get on board with that one. Yeah, there's just a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Same with the big poofy jacket thing. Uh, when um, When Gene's father... What's his name? Gophers. <laughs> when he gets shot, his big puffy coat, feathers fly out, and same thing happens when Linda oh, gets yeah. her uh, her dome shot. And there, we'll end it there on the sad note. No, I'm just kidding. So when they were, I thought I found this interesting because um, if you recall, we were reading a post on Reddit about the cabbage fox rabbit 
deal. Mm, yeah, I like that um, one. And some speculation on to how that applied to the show and how it applied to the turducken and all that kind of stuff. Well, that was like a, a brilliant sort of, if you, if you, I'm not going to try to get it all correct again, but just listen back a few episodes to the uh, Cabbage mm-hmm. episode. And uh, what they had mentioned, what tipped them off to the whole idea of that theory about stuffing the cabbage in the rabbit and then sending it to the, or sending it to the fox or whatever. Um, that's what ended up happening with Lester stuffing his wife in his jacket and then sending it to the wolf, which was mm-hmm. Lon Malbo. Um, but what they said had tipped them off and started like getting them thinking about that theory was as they were driving to Lester's house and they drove down a road where there's two road signs, um, both of the stick figure sort of uh, crossing, crosswalk kind of uh, signs, road signs. Yeah. They're a little bit different. Maybe they're Canadian. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there, so they drove drive right down the road and the shot's right down the middle of the road where you see the two signs on either side where it's just like a man crossing, like he's going back and forth. Um, kind of representative of the farmer in his boat and carrying everything back and forth, the cabbage, the rabbit, and the fox. Um, when they brought that up again, they went right in between those signs. Oh, really? Like with, with uh, Lester, Pepper, and Budge in the car? Yeah. No and they And they weren't... It's not the same place they were talking about that um, parable originally because the parable, when they were originally talking about it, Budge and Pepper, they were in the file room. Yes. And so this person had mentioned, you know, when they drove to Lester's house, I saw these two signs and it looked like a farmer sort of crossing the river, you know, sort of look symbolic of that. Yeah. So they nailed it because when they solved or when Lester solved the riddle or whatever, they, right when he did that, they crossed between those two same signs. Oh, and it's just, just an exterior shot. It's like nothing special about it. It just happened to be in both episodes and it happened to be when Lester sort of was solving the riddle. There, I didn't, now I got to look this up fast while we're talking. Okay. I saw a thing uh, that, I was trying to think, it was from uh, Melissa Maris who writes for Entertainment Weekly and uh, she also happens to be married to um, Chuck Klosterman who used to write here in Fargo. Uh, I gotta find this. Uh, evidently, the, the the whole, and I don't know the full reference because I honestly haven't seen uh, the Office, the the version from the original Ricky Gervais version. Right. I gotta find this. She she said it's actually a throw. That whole thing is also a throwback to that show. Um. Well, they said that. Um. Carmela said that. Did she? Yeah. Oh man, I missed that. From I'm sorry. FX Fargo. Yeah, because oh, there, cool. you know, they got Martin Freeman boners, so they know like every <laughs> frame of anything he's ever been in. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I got a Martin Freeman boner. I you can see it, like right now. Just, just saying. I can't wait. Season two, Martin Freeman. Oh, wait, that's not gonna happen. He's gonna like come back. Is he dead? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you? Here's the other thing I was thinking and and, and reading about, and I agree with, is that um, people were kind of. Uh, so were you pissed that Molly wasn't the one who had the showdown with Lauren or Lester? 
Did that bother you? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think it showed kind of to her. It, it was better for showcasing her humble character because, especially mm-hmm. at the very end, when, I mean, Grimley's kind of even rubs it in a little more, saying he's getting a medal for or an award for bravery. Yeah, they're gonna give him a commendation. Yeah, and it's just like okay, we're shooting it, an Grimley. unarmed man. Yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't the right move, but we can... That's neither here nor there, I guess. I do think the fact that... You know, so I, I'm okay with it. I, I like the dog catcher thing. I'm, I, I'm, that's what I was expecting, and that's what I had been waiting for the whole time. Because uh, Marge didn't catch Jerry Lundegaard. I think it's just one more slight mirroring sure. of the other show. Uh, Lester's on the run, he's somewhere else, and instead of getting pulled out of a hotel room in his undies, he, and he's been, you know, I saw somebody post on Twitter that they're like, Lester's been on thin ice from day one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for a guy who got rolled in a barrel across the highway, he should he should have been dead. He, I, my guess is he's he's outlived his nine lives, you know, if he was a cat by by a long shot. So, I okay. I found it, I just I found it satisfying the way he died, alone. Yeah, you know, in the water. That can't. That's not a good way to go. With just enough time to contemplate, like, oh god, what's what? How this all came down? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, so the dog catcher gets Lauren Malvo. Um, Molly, you know, like I said, it kind of plays to her humbleness. She still becomes the chief, so she I still w- has her victory. Sort of. I would have liked to have seen her get the job in a different way, not be not not because Bill, not steps, because somebody quits. <laughs> yeah, I I think she deserved better than that. They built her up a lot in the show, but I like the way that they didn't completely put her in harm's way which by the way Gus is like hey don't do that you got to think of our family I don't want my daughter to go to a funeral and then he goes and (laughs) hides out in a psychopath's follows a wolf into a psychopath's home (laughs) yes exactly so but you know I still I just knew it the minute I I read the the whole thing and I started seeing it more and more I'm like nope this is how the show's gonna be I just I couldn't see any other end but I like the fact that the other things got twisted up by Noah Hawley that you know Everything doesn't come neatly wrapped, and that's just the way it is. Not everything doesn't end the way you want it to. All the time, life's not fair, Sharpie. That's right. Shit happens. Lauren uh, fixing his leg with the uh, sash cord. Gugh. <laughs> with like a thin piece of balsa wood. <laughs> yeah. That he wasn't. That gonna, thing was messed up. He wasn't gonna make it anyway. Hmm. How do you sneak around? He didn't even bother sewing it up. Just kind of yeah, set how, it and forget it. <laughs> he's he's Ron Popeil in that thing. <laughs> yep. Set it and forget it. I think he was kind of zoning out onto that morphine too when Grimley came in. He didn't really give oh, that, a crap about anything. <laughs> although that moment when he was like, and like came back to life. That was little, probably my favorite part of the entire episode. <laughs> I I couldn't tell if he was... It was creepy. If he it was, was smiling, funny. or if he was—I don't even know what he was doing. 
It was just, oh, God. It was like, okay, is he actually like some sort of like paranormal being? Yeah. Is he a demon of some sort? Or is that just like hilarious in its timing? Which it was. I hear, uh-huh. I, I do have one gripe real quick. Okay. You're in Montana. It's no, pretty, I'm not. It's pretty, it just, let's imagine. Let's imagine. You're in Montana. It's pretty snowy. There's snow on the mountains. You're obviously at altitude. Thin ice? I mean, we we've 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 both we've both have places that we visit uh, via our parents on lakes. You've been on the ice. I mean, I've been on the ice mm-hmm. later than that in the year. You know what I mean? Like the sun is out and there's snowbanks melting away, and you can still walk on the ice. Um, I mean, it's certainly possible, especially in certain areas, because he was on ice for a long time. So there could have been a stream. Uh, you know, it could have been. Yeah, you, you guess you'll get a point, but I still... It's eh. possible. It was I'm just staked. A, I'm it just was imagined. posted. <laughs> yeah. They posted it. Oh, yeah. We put up a sign so you wouldn't go out there. That, and that's the other thing. <laughs> the there, would never, there would never be a sign that says the ice that I know of. If somebody, would be if, if somebody knows active, of like, one. fishing area. If somebody knows of one, please tell me somewhere in Montana that they have thin ice things. I, I should ask my friends. I've got a, I got a friend who's a smoke jumper with the forestry department out there. He'd know that kind of stuff. Uh, Cause he smoke jumps in a lot of thin ice, all the time. Turns out jumping out of the plane's not the dangerous part. <laughs> it's the thin ice. That's He's looking for those tiny little thin ice signs you, you, when you yeah. land. Yep, you got to look for that and then just check for fissures in the ice. And uh, you don't shit. You, you're gonna you're gonna pull a lester. Boom with the fishes. Yeah. What if you're wrong and they're right? I had one other thing I was going to bring up here. The end. I remember. But yeah, I do wish, I'm coming around again because I'm scatterbrained today. I do really, I just wish Molly would have got the job a different way. I wish, I wish it would have been. How would she have gotten it though? I wish, I wish they would have have died. No, I just wish some point prior to it. And I just don't think there was time for it. You know, the way, the way it was written was the fastest way. I mean, what really should have happened is that everybody would realize that Molly was right all along. Bill was bad at his job, and he would have been asked to step down. Okay, do you you know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah. so imagine this whole thing is over, and they're like, "Holy crap! This Malvo guy was real. He was connected to this. He was connected to Lester. He was, you know what I mean? Like, all the dots just appear, and they're totally connected. And then they're like, "Okay, Bill, time for your yearly review. You suck. Mm-hmm. Go go eat your omelet at home, and and we're gonna put you on dog catcher duty. You know." That's how I, but I don't think there's time for that. There isn't time for that. And there's well, no. You know, from the first episode, he didn't have the stomach for it because you know, never when he came down to see Pearl uh, murdered in Lester's basement. Oh, he could geez. barely like hold his omelet back. You know, I'd be ashamed to barf it up. Oh, jeez. I but I but and it never would have set him up to talk about that. He doesn't like to think about that kind of gruesomeness to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not only that he's bad at his job. He doesn't want to see that kind of stuff. He wants he wants the serendipity of finding his lost boy and having his omelet and enjoying family life and talking to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. He should work at a hardware store. Totally. That's a great job for him. He'd be so helpful, too. 
He'd be like, no, 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 no. You don't need that. You need this uh, backup valve in case the uh, the toilet's going to overflow. You know, the sewer backs up, eh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. He can carry his lunch in a little, like, tin box. Yeah. Anyway. So, so let's talk. Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, so let's, let's, let's talk, let's talk quick about a few, like what, what were some of your favorite things this season without us having to, cause we, we talked about having a whole clip show, but we're not going to, we don't want to make you guys rehash our memories. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it <laughs> next time. If there's season two, we'll, we'll say yeah. that right now that our last episode, if we do, if this, if episode season two airs, we'll do, we're going to do this, right? We agree. If there's a season two, we are in. We're doing it. Um, and we'll have a thing ready for next year. Like, as we go along, we'll cut clips out and have it ready for, like, a, a last episode rundown. Well, actually, next year, we'll have Noah Hawley on the show. We'll be there. Yep. But so what are some of your favorite things? Like, your funny things, your... Like, what really sealed, you know, things that really sealed this up for you? Um... Hmm. Some of my favorites, I guess my I really had a blast with the parables. I thought that was fun. It just provided a whole nother layer um and actually provided us a lot of content. It, it it gave us a lot to think about and I thought that was really clever. It it wasn't just your typical story um with its, you know, slow rolling start and climax and finish. It it had multiple layers and the parables for the first two-thirds of the show were really fun to they were like little uh mind exercises because you were trying to first of all read up on your parables which was fun um second of all apply them to the story which was you know a great exercise um and then talk about it which was a blast so that i think is my overall favorite um i loved the tiny nuances or or um, not nuances, but um, references to the original movie without yeah. having to completely bring in characters from the original movie. Yeah. Um, especially on little things like, you know, signs on buildings and stuff like that. Yeah, the Showalter building. Yep. I had a lot of fun with all those same things too. And I also, I thought... um in terms of kind of paralleling the the Cohen universe, I mean, and he, you know, there's people who are saying, oh, it's not as good as that. It's not as whatever. But it's like at the same time, it, it's not, I don't know. I don't, I don't need it to be exactly the same. I didn't ask him to completely channel and copy them. And I think he put his own, I think he got the universe correct. He had, he had all the stuff there, the dark, the, the, the bright and dark of each life and, and, uh, and managed to connect it all with the, funny things like really funny moments i mean like i still think of a, like what's funny to me and he's like who else knows you're there and he's like nah my mom when when we're talking to don <laughs> chump and that was a pretty good you know delightful little moment and so there's plenty of those moments though and those are the ones that just like <laughs> that just do do it for me you know like i guess i'm glad don chump was there I feel like we could cue his montage and and have a lot of great stuff there, but it wasn't just him, you know. It, it there was plenty of other characters that just had like simple one-off lines that kept things interesting and funny. I can't wait to see the extras when they come out on the DVD. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll, ha- you know, 
Maybe we'll have to do one extra show like way later when that comes out and we'll talk about the extras. Talk Maybe about then a- we can do a clip show. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. We'll have to wait a little while, but... Uh, so there you go. We'll if, people, if people want us to do that, if you want us to like crank out one random show like after that comes out and talk about all the extras and all the things that we've been talking about and recap that, send us send us a note on, on Twitter or on Facebook or at podcast at FargoTalksFargo.com and we'll... If you guys are... Up for that, we'll we'll totally do that for you guys. Do they still do that? Do people still buy DVDs? I would for this. I don't even have a DVD player anymore. I don't either. <laughs> I think I've got one somewhere for testing DVDs. They're going to have to start selling DVDs with DVD players. <laughs> it's gonna Like be, disposable ones. It's going to be all part of it, yeah. I Gosh, now that you mentioned that. He did mention though, uh, Noah in 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 an interview he did that there were some things that would be on the the DVDs. So I guess I think they should release Lorne Malvo's tapes. I sort of miss the good old days. Now I don't know why I call them the good old days, but I miss the days when um, there was such a amount of energy around making so many interactive pieces to things. Um, like for a while when DVDs first came out, you could view multiple angles. And I'm not just talking about porn DVDs, Bill. Um, <laughs> but you could switch between different cameras, switch between audio tracks. Obviously, you can still do that stuff. But uh, stories came along with additional interactive content like CD-ROMs and websites where you could sort of click on stuff read and, on the characters and yeah. like really dive into that stuff. And that stuff's kind of fading away Unfortunately, in a world where there's more access to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's not completely, I'm not talking about across the board. Obviously, there's a lot of, there's some people that are doing those kinds of things. But it would be fun to just kind of open that briefcase of Lawrence and listen to those tapes and and see what he's been through. (laughs) That's pretty dark shit, dude. (laughs) No, here, I found it. I found the Vulture interview uh, and somebody asked, you know, about the intention of checking back with Stavros and Wrench. And he says, you know, I already brought this up, but here's what the scene was. He says, there was a scene in episode seven that was supposed to be Stavros and Gus. And Gus was back investigating that company car. And he finds Stavros throwing copies of his book into the fireplace. And he says, Mm. uh, it was a beautiful kind of haunting scene and it will be in the DVD extras. Cool. So yeah, so let's do a show when that comes out. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be good times. One thing I liked about this last episode, uh, just to just as a quick thing, I just thought of um, Molly's dad Lou when he's sitting on the front porch tying knots. Yeah, whomever sort of pieced that together, if it was Noah or what, uh, that scene is awesome to me because. I've seen my dad do that exact same thing. Sit, sit on the porch on with the a patio. shotgun? <laughs> yeah. When we're at the lake cabin, he'd sit on the patio with a twenty two on his lap and work on his knot, tying knots. <laughs> like, it is completely almost identical. <laughs> and just wait for, you know, a skunk to come along or something. That's usually why he had a twenty two on his lap. Jeez. And it would be like 5 in the morning. And he'd already have drank six beers and smoked a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> remind me not to skunks. Remind me not to go onto that property unannounced. 
Um, hey, I need to do one more sponsor break here before we talk for a few minutes and thank a few people and wrap this up. But unless you've got any other things, feel free to kick those in, Charvi. But uh, uh, along with Fargo Brewing, we had another great sponsor who uh, is Tag. And uh, Tag Fargo celebrates our community through thoughtful apparel and gifts. And uh, they have T-shirts, beer glasses, uh, coffee mugs, onesies for your kids. And it's it's all based on uh, stuff from our local area. And right now, if you use the promo code Fargo, you get 15% off your entire order. And we've talked about this a few times, but I mean, there are shirts on here that they're, they're clearing some inventory and they're great shirts and they're five bucks, five bucks. And I'm still, I'm still, I'm still sticking with the uh, punch gut shirt with the great, Mm -hmm. if you're into like tattoo looking art, you got to go get this punch gut shirt. It's $5 and you get 15% off of that be a fool not to do it but they they jumped on board like wicked fast when i went to jade uh to talk about coming on board and he just i i had a whole thing prepared for him and i barely got like 10 minutes like not even 10 like five minutes into it. i took like two sips of my coffee and jade just goes cool what do you want me to do <laughs> that was it and, and and it's people like that in fargo uh here that make make things really really awesome and Tag is a big part of that for helping make this season of Fargo Talks Fargo happen uh, for Sharpie and I. And um, we can't thank them enough. So if you want to help us and make sure that we're back for a season two, get get out there and go to tagfargo.com, T-A-G-F-A-R-G-O.com. Use the promo code Fargo so that, that way they'll know we sent you. And get something. Buy something. Yeah. Buy yourself a great Fargo shirt. If you enjoyed the show, this show, which is free to you, then help us out by helping them out. Throw them a bone. Buy a $5 shirt. Let them know you were listening. Let them know you got a good 25 episodes. Is that where we're at now? Yeah, this is episode 25. 25 episodes of content for you for free. Buy something from tagfargo.com. Yeah. Five bucks. Don't just buy the $5 thing. I'd say go out there and <laughs> buy that. Buy that and with the extra money you're saving, you could buy even more. So buy like four or $5 shirts. Or get yourself one twenty dollars. Spend shirt. a couple hundred bucks. Do it, and then tell them we sent you. Yeah, absolutely. Spend a thousand dollars. Okay, the economy's stre- turning up. <laughs> <stretching. laughs> um, no, I think it was a great season. I, I had I had a ton of fun with it. I will say this is a, a really new experience for me, having uh, you know, we've worked on your other podcast that you and Joe Riley have, Grilling Addiction. I help produce that. I'm mostly behind the scenes on some of that one, but. Mm-hmm. What's it's grilling? a it's a it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and I I guarantee <laughs> you there are people out there who definitely work harder than us, and some of them probably that's their job to do that. Uh, this isn't our full time job, but we we had a blast. It was so fun seeing how many people like tuned in, and how many we finally Wyoming. Did I tell you Wyoming? We finally got a download in Wyoming. It's the only state that literally <laughs> would not listen to our show, evidently, and now we got them. It was probably just somebody from another state passing through. <laughs> they were like, somebody that we listens from Montana was like, I'm close to the border. You go up to Wyoming and they're like, what's a podcast? Well, yeah, we got to help them out. But that's the No, Wyoming I mean, we, accent, we, we've, we've had downloads in every state and uh, we've been downloaded in, in 64 countries, which is really exciting. And so thanks so much to our listeners outside of the states in the UK and Canada, Australia, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Germany, Sweden, Japan, and... That's the list goes on and on. Um, but it's been a ton of fun. I, I really hope there is a season two so that we can do another season of this. But 
We're still working on some format stuff, and uh, we'll be bringing back the Grilling Addiction wet, uh, podcast with a new name. Right now it's called What's Grilling, but I think we're going to change that, aren't we, Sharpie? Yeah, I think we're going to change it to uh, Grilling Addiction, which is our blog, grillingaddiction.com. Yep. Um, it's going to be a fun show. We're, we're, we're getting better at this the more we do it. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell just within this show that we're, we're fine-tuning a lot of things. We're sort of working out some kinks so that we're not talking over each other so much and things like that. Uh, we're getting better. I think the the Grilling Addiction podcast will be a blast. It's more of a, you know, beer drinking good old boy kind of food or show. good old girl food show. It's yeah. like we, we geek out. It's not just about barbecue. It's not just about grilling. It's about good food, good drinks, and good friends and mm-hmm. bullshitting. And it ends up usually being pretty fun. So I listened back to a couple of the last episodes and I do I'm excited to get it started again because I think we're we're gonna be a lot better uh at what we do. <laughs> <laughs> it it was a little rough around the edges, but it was our first podcast, so we'll start yeah. that up. Joe Riley is really excited. He's a funny guy. He's been on this show before, so you know yep. him. And I may do, I may be doing something else too, but we'll use this platform to launch that and let you guys know that way if you are interested beyond Fargo, because I'm not opposed to doing another TV one, uh, but Sharpie's pretty tied up and busy and I've got a lot going on. But um, there are a couple shows coming up that uh, I'm pondering on. I know we had somebody already approach me uh, wanting to know if we were going to do a show on Tyrant. Um, I don't know yet. Maybe. Uh, I, I have a show in mind that I'd like to do. And it isn't related to the fact that we're from here. We'll just do it because it's fun. So, but Fargo, all in all, I I love the way it ended, and I'm glad we did this, and I'm glad the way this is ending, and I can't wait to. Now I'm excited for the uh, DVD extras to come out so we can do another show. But uh, I thought it ended really on a nice note. the The Grimleys on the couch with their daughter and the baby in the oven, and uh, yeah, I just want to hold you. I want to hold you like a baby. <laughs> Get a little sharpie in my arms. Well, I would um I'd like to thank are we are we are we in thanking mode? Yeah, we're in the um, this is we're wrapping it up. I okay. I because I got some people I want to thank, or do you want to roll with it? And well, I was know. just gonna thank uh Jason Hummel, who's my business partner. Um, Absolutely. Bill and I sort of concocted this idea just like a week or two before the first episode <laughs> aired, and we were like, Yeah, we gotta do this show. And I work for a company called Chalk, um, and Jason and I own Chalk. And Chalk is a, shameless plug, uh, <laughs> Chalk is a web design development firm, and we're located in Colorado. So if you need a website or an app or anything like that or usability testing or UI, UX, all that kind of geeky stuff, uh, that's what we do. We do web design and app design. So, Madebychalk.com. Yeah. Um, so... We kind of concocted this idea, and I went and talked to Jason. I was like, do you think we could, you know, squeeze in another website and get this sort of, get this whole shebang kind of rolling in, like, two days? (laughs) And he was like, fuck it, let's do it. (laughs) So we kind of uh, burned the midnight oil a little bit and worked a couple nights and weekends and, and sort of threw up this quick site and set everything up and got everything ready for the podcast in time for the first show, which was pretty cool. So yeah. thanks to him for helping out in the development. And um, I got to work on the design, which is really fun. And thanks for, yeah, just thanks for letting me sort of take that little 
side break and, and put some work effort into making this happen. Yeah, it was pretty awesome that you guys could do that because, yeah, it was a it was a quick turn. And um, we we have also had a ton of guests on the show, and we want to thank all of them, everybody from Joe Riley and John Lamb who came on and did really early episodes <laughs> so that we we would know what we were doing um, and, and tested it out. And John Lamb came back later and Diane Miller and I'm going to miss people here, but I, everybody who was on the show, Greg Carlson, Greg Carlson. And, um, I, I also want to, uh, throw a, a big, uh, thanks to Carmela and Mia from the FX Fargo blog. They were super helpful. And from an early point, they started a little dialogue with us. And I, I think, um, our introduction to them definitely made our show better. And it was fun mm-hmm. chatting with them both times. And I know Katie, we never did talk to her, but, uh, nice work doing that. And then and on our, our, our guests that we had, the extra interviews we had of Tom Musgrave, Julianne Emery, and Jeff Russo, which if you didn't listen to the Jeff Russo one, go listen to it because he does throw a pretty, <laughs> I think is a pretty big, I'm working on season two right now, comment. Kind of. We think. Kind of. We think. He said he's working on something from a little, working on something for a little town up north. It's worth listening to nonetheless. That was a solid interview. I He was a, a fun guy to talk to. So were, so was Julianne and uh, Tom Musgrave, so... Oh, I have to say that. We were talking about favorite episode things later. Uh, I'm still, that is one of my like biggest, biggest things in the entire episode was uh, episode seven. Uh, when Lester kind of laid out his whole story, if you tie that whole, the whole mm-hmm. scene, the whole thing, all the way up to the opening credits, that was my favorite part of the entire of season. Of the entire series, mine too. Entire series. Yep. So, or season. I'm, I'm not going to say series because I don't know. I'm excited to rewatch i think this might be um and and perhaps because it's only 10 episodes um and it kind of wraps everything up i'm excited to rewatch this with somebody else uh when they're watching it for the first time my my wife hasn't been watching so go. i'm i'm going to right now she's too busy she's i'm not joking she's going to be so mad i mentioned this she's in the other room <laughs> she has literally in the last like 3 days maybe watched the entire season 3 and is almost finished with season 4 of game of thrones just binging it. So proud of her. <laughs> That's a lot of Game of Thrones. That's a lot of blood and boobs. But uh, no, it was great. And, I, and thanks to you, Sharpie, for for doing this too. Uh, I, I did approach you with the idea pretty late. And uh, you came through. You helped a lot. And you, you and Hummel built the site at Chalk. And boom, we've had the show. And thanks thanks to everybody who listened and all the people who've been engaging with us on Facebook and Twitter. and um. If you're listening to these later, we're going to keep an eye on these accounts, so please feel free to send us any feedback you want through those things because it doesn't end just because season uh, episode 10 aired. We're we're here to mm-hmm. talk about it and do what we can. And also thanks to Scott Thune who provided uh, yes. some of the photography for the website. Those are actual uh, original photographs that Scott, a photographer friend of ours, uh, took when we needed something super white and Fargo looking. <laughs> and he also helped make the wood chipper ad with the uh, wood chipper can frozen in the yep. block of ice. We did that in our office. So so I think that's it. Do we do we wrap it up? We're coming right up on one hour um, right now. One hour. It's our shortest yeah, show ever. I think so. We wrapped up the show pretty good enough. I mean, I think we've all seen the show. We all kind of know what happens. I did find it hilarious how Lester thought he was the king shit again. Um, after, you know, Malvo got hit with the bear trap. And oh, we didn't even talk about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Well, I just wanted to at least touch touch on it, um, even even though we've kind of gotten our thank yous out of the way. But it was <laughs> pretty funny how I don't even think he, he did, was on the phone. By the way, for real, I think he was faking it, wasn't he? Yeah, you said that, and that's an interesting theory. I like that. He's like, oh, I'm here in the bathroom. He wa- he just needed Lauren to come through that room. He was never on the phone. He so was gonna he kill- set the trap. He set the trap and was going to get away from Lauren and and trap him there in the house and kill and him. And of course, that's exactly, I mean, that's how it went down. Because I was thinking like, man, he went and got all the Chaz's hunting stuff and he brought the bear trap too. But he, of course, that's what happened. I mean, he set the trap, he hid it under clothes and he led the bear into the trap with that fake phone call. I'm in, I'm in the bathroom and the door's not locked. <laughs> it's me, Lester. <laughs> it's Lester, me, Lester, the guy who. It's me, Lester, the guy who knows who Lorne Malvo is. <laughs> <laughs> you know Lorne Malvo. You might remember him from such deaths as Frozen <laughs> Panties Guy, <laughs> Lead Paint, Delicious but Deadly. <laughs> well, anyway, so we missed a few things, but that's that's okay. I mean, it, it's it's a finale for a reason, and I I found it incredibly satisfying show to watch and it's already nominated for some critics choice awards which i think that's coming up is that tonight or tomorrow or somewhere very very shortly so tune into the critics choice awards and see how they do yep oh maybe we'll even do an emmy show where we'll we'll talk about it again and what they're up against boom i'm making all sorts of new shows to keep doing this you are um never gonna give you up Keep uh keep your podcatchers subscribed or else uh stay in touch with us on Twitter at Fargo Talks Fargo um and FargoTalksFargo.com and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Fargo Talks Fargo so so that you know when mm-hmm. uh some new updates come out because we'll be probably releasing a couple little audio snippets here and there, uh just to kind of fill you in on other projects. Oh, with that, and uh, feel free to just follow each of us. Uh, I'm at Lempy, at L-E-M as in Mary, P as in Paul, E. That's my Twitter, and Sharpie is at C-H-A-R-P-I-E. That's, That's like, me. It's like the marker Sharpie, but use a C instead of an S. So follow us there to find out what other junk we're up to, and if you want to see pictures of beer we drink. That's right. So I think with that, should we sign it off? Till next until until next season <laughs> question mark it's been a pleasure thanks yeah. for listening folks and thank you bill all right thank you <laughs>